With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome to TNT. I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower, filling in for Dean Macken, who's having a well-earned break. And uh, I'm. Uh, this is a bit amateur hour. <laughs> I always like to warn the viewers, listeners, that <laughs> I haven't done a show like this on my own. So I've had a few. Uh, we've had a few. I've not done anything catastrophic yet, but uh, certainly this show doesn't go as smoothly uh, as it might with a professional like Dean. But um, hopefully the content uh, is good, and that's all that really matters on TNT is that you hear the real thing from real people. You're not being sold washing powder from uh, some big advertising budget or being pushed the government line. You're going to hear from uh, people who uh, believe something, if they say it. Um, they probably believe it, almost certainly. They're certainly not getting paid. And... Um, that is something in this world, you know, 20, maybe 40 years ago, that wouldn't have been very remarkable. But today it is quite remarkable because most of the things you see are spun. And as a lawyer and as an author, I know how easy it is to influence uh, people's views when you potentially are yeah, giving or ostensibly giving a uh, a, an objective view about something and going, oh, yes, well, I don't know, and planting seeds in people's minds. We just heard, uh, if you've been listening to the news um, about Trump and Haley, <laughs> it's funny because most of us political insiders know that Trump has been a big victim of uh, this salting of, uh, of facts in order to, and now you get people, and it's especially uh, prevalent with the educated, um, the circle educated people with degrees who 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 are absolutely convinced about something. I see it in here in Australia with people, my friends, that 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 Trump is somehow completely different um, to Biden. He may not be uh, uh, particularly trustworthy. He may have. Uh, uh, check it past, but so does Biden. <laughs> so does every uh, uh, presidential candidate. And it's funny how the, the 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 mainstream media has managed to to salt uh, truth in in subtle ways. Particularly, I think the worst uh, offenders are the uh, the so called quality newspapers. The most uh, the most well spoken commentators are the ones that so often do. Um, the most damage by pretending that they're unbiased. Whereas if someone's got very strong opinions and speaks out and uh, it's it's easier to spot and then you're probably not trying to hide their opinions, but it is something we all need to be aware of. And I hope, I'm pleased to see my children are a bit more uh, attuned to it, but to say, is that really an objective an opinion or is that someone trying to make us uh, think a certain way? We've got a 
the news in Australia today is that our former Prime Minister Scott Morrison is, ret is retiring from politics, something which was not really a big secret. Um, everybody knew he was going to go. What was interesting, and again, not a big surprise, is the job he is going to is a, a, a taxpayer-funded job, and it's related to something we call AUKUS, uh, a big uh, so-called security partnership between the United States, Australia and the UK. You're probably all quite aware of it. But it's interesting that Scott Morrison uh, effectively signed Australia up for that AUKUS, and now he's got a job with that same, uh, it'll be an extremely highly paid job. He probably doesn't have to do very much. And it looks like it could be with with a proper media, they would stop that because they'd be saying, this looks like you are either getting paid back for bringing Australia in to AUKUS or you knew this all along and this is why you got into AUKUS. And you, it's bad policy where politicians can leave their jobs where they were responsible for defence or banking or anything like that and walk into the same industry that they were meant to be uh, administering and being some sort of a leadership uh, position because it looks very bad and it looks like um, it looks like corruption basically and. Uh, it's something that whatever political persuasion you are, there's no, the Labor Party are just as bad, the, the so-called left-wing party, which who are, who are no longer left-wing. It's a bit, Australia has become like America and that you've got a Democrat and Republican, a blue team and a red team, but their policies are largely uh, based on the, what their big donors want. So it's... Um, not really a left or right thing. The left will do it. I fully expect uh, our present defence minister, Richard Miles, who's completely um, uh, aligned with the Americans, uh, just as much so as Scott Morrison is. I fully expect that he leaves politics, hopefully very soon. He will also uh, end up working for uh, some big, supposedly civilian concern um, which is involved with AUKUS, he'll have a job for life at a very large salary, which uh, is ostensibly from an area where he was meant to be kind of in the gatekeeper, the, uh, the, uh, the gamekeeper, and then he's gone to work uh, with the poachers. So it's uh, I find it very disturbing also because if you think you've got a job, uh, a cushy job lined up post-politics, whether, um, and then you commit Australia to whatever that that thing might be. It could be August, could be anything. It could be buying F-35 jets or you know, battleships or something like that. Uh, the public can rightly say, hmm, did you really make that decision based on merit or did you make that decision based on your future employment prospects and uh, having a large holiday house or a couple of large holiday houses and cleaning up that kind of corruption. As I said, it's not a right-wing thing. It, it, it happens just as much on the left wing. In fact, when I was a whistleblower, it was actually the left wing, um, the Labor Party minister who I complained about who I thought was totally corrupt. And there was soon an election uh after I started making complaints and the the 
the, the conservatives in Australia came in, and I would have thought that they would have made political mileage at least to say, oh, well, this left-wing guy, there's a, you've got a whistleblower alleging sort of high-level corruption in the Defence Department. But they didn't. Surprisingly, they didn't. They, they tend to not uh, really attack each other on those key issues. In fact, they just carried on doing exactly the same thing that the uh, the Labor Party had done. Uh, and we increasingly see that, that the politicians look like, for the major parties, they look like they're really in it for themselves. They give themselves pay rises. They don't argue about that. There's no genuine argument about, oh, shall we have another pay rise? They all vote for another pay rise. And to me, it smacks a little bit of professional wrestling where they go, oh, we hate the red team, we hate the blue team, we hate the red team. But at the end of the day, they've got more in common with the blue and the red team than they have with the general public. Anyway, let's hear from the lovely Gemma uh, in the UK where they don't have any political problems and everything is quite... Uh, it's like a utopia. Tell us what's happening in the UK, Gemma. <laughs> I like your sarcasm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like your sarcasm midweek. Yeah, it's hump day. All we can do is laugh in the face of, of what's uh, on the way. Um, interesting. You're talking about AUKUS, actually. So I think that this story will apply uh, to you guys, even though conscription in Australia was abolished in 1972. I think we're seeing globally... Uh, conscription being brought back because the head of the British Army is uh, warning the British public today that uh, we will be called up in, in the event of us going to war with uh, Russia. And this is happening across many European nations over the last few days since the meeting of the NATO defence chiefs in Brussels last week who started alluding to this. And of course, now all the countries are in uh, lockstep. So later uh, today, we're well, just a few hours time, General Sir Patrick Sanders, the head of the whole of the British military, the Army, the Navy and the Air Force, uh, will give a big speech, but some details have been leaked already early this morning. Um, our army is facing the worst recruitment crisis for centuries. It's facing a massive recruitment and retention crisis. Female staff are leaving in their droves due to an epidemic of sexual harassment cases that have come out. And just to give a few figures of personnel, the army in the UK currently has a, just shy of 76,000 full-time personnel. That's expected to drop to 72 this year. Um, and they're so worried about it that recruitment chiefs are now saying if you've got asthma, visible tattoos or hay fever, which previously barred you, from joining the army, you can now, you will now be allowed to join up. Our Royal Navy is the absolute worst. It only has 29,000 full-time recruits, uh, has so few sailors, the British Navy, this is the British Navy, so few sailors, it's having to decommission its warships, two of its warships, HMS Westminster and HMS Argyle, um, because it hasn't got enough people to staff them. Uh, and over the last year alone, uh, nearly 17,000 personnel have left the armed forces in the UK amidst very, very low morale and cuts to provisions within the armed forces. So today this speech is he's expected to say that uh, he's falling short of full conscription, but he is saying we need to mobilise in the event of a war with Russia, we need to change our mindset in the event that we go to war, and we need to prepare to be called up, which will be a voluntary thing. Um, and we need to be, but what he's stressing is we need to be prepared for, for, for war, global war uh, with Russia. Now, yesterday, Norway's chief of armed forces said its country should ex expect to increase defense spending in the face of a potential war with Russia over the next three years. And last week we heard from Sweden, who was the government there was telling its citizens to brace 
for conflict. So everybody's in lockstep with this one, David, just like four years ago, we're all coming out, all guns blazing, saying prepare for war, prepare for war. Um, I wonder what the chances are that people will go along with this because we've already seen a whole scale standing up to the system since 2020. We heard there on the news at the top of the hour, the farmers now mobilizing in countries across the world. We've now got Italy joining the German farmers and the, the Dutch farmers. Uh, we're, we're seeing a kickback against the system. So although governments and, and you know top military brass around the world are warning people that you know being called up and being conscripted is a very real possibility, and it's already happened to the poor middle-aged men in Ukraine, you know, Know, being bundled into vans and, and taken to the front line, you know, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, we've seen it happen there, poor human beings. Uh, will people will people do it? Will people fall for it? Because I think a lot of people now realize that that you're not fighting for your, your country, uh, you're fighting for global interests, you're fighting for the corporations, you're fighting for government interests, all sorts of things, banking interests, you're not actually fighting for the thing they tell you. And I think that's a lot of reasons people are leaving the army here in the UK. I know a lot of former veterans, they say, once you're in the system, you see the reality of war as opposed to the spin of war in the mainstream media. It's a completely different thing. Of course, they all sign the Official Secrets Act, so there's only so much they can say. But you're a former military man. I, I'm very interested to get your take on this one. All countries in lockstep saying, prepare to be called up, all the citizens of all the countries in Europe, as we prepare for war in Russia, with Russia. Yeah, no, it, it's great to hear you say that. I, I want to I want to record your little spiel there um, and play it because it is it got exactly the same situation in Australia. Um, they can't recruit anybody. And, and what I, for me, an insider, I would tell you that those figures that you, they quoted from the UK military would be totally false. They would have let half, probably half those figures in Australia. We always say we have fifty thousand. We don't have anything like that. We look about 5,000. We couldn't defend one major city in Australia um, in any any normal way. It's much more dire. But it's a bit like the refugees. What I keep thinking is they oh, say, oh, we need to uh, re recruit or we need to stop the refugees. Yeah, sure, we do. But we also need to think about why we had these refugees, and it's because we've stuffed around so many countries that people have got nowhere to live. And again, for the American domestic political interest. And one of the main reasons people don't join the defense forces of any of the ways, as is exactly as you said, is because people are working out you're not fighting for your country, you're not fighting being brave, you're fighting for Vanguard or BlackRock or, or who knows, or for some politician to get reelected because they think war is good. Um war, the 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 sort of Alistair Campbell, the, the polling guru has said, oh, yeah, look, the, the, you need to look strong and you're going to win the marginal seats if you go to war. That's that's exactly what I uh, protested about. They're trying to put me in jail. Why would a young person, I went to Oxford University, I went to Sandhurst. I was an absolute true believer. I love the army. I love the British army. And yet I have come out and, and said, uh, it's all bullshit, basically, the war in Afghanistan, because it was run by politicians for their own benefit. So why would someone join uh, the military when you could easily be made a scapegoat because the minister wants a bad news story or a good news story? The PR idiots who are very young and very inexperienced, they decide what goes on on the battlefield, not, 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 not anyone with any strategic vision. And that is a problem. And until that, hopefully, I'm an optimist to think maybe it can be fixed. But until it's fixed, and maybe, you know, if you're a young person, you want to join, that's great. Maybe you can fix it from within. But until it's fixed, 
you would be crazy to join up to any of the Western uh, forces because, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be sending you uh, to war for either profits or, uh, or, or a bump in the opinion polls for some domestic election, and that is a waste of human life, and that is the worst thing you can do to the most idealistic and uh, brave of our young people. I what, think a what a great well, topic. What a great topic, Gemma. It is a great topic. It will run and run. And, you know, it, it, people aren't so idealistic now, are they? People have had the, the kind of veil lifted and they're seeing things, they're seeing the reality of how the world is run and how it's run by those at the top and it's not for the interest of those at the bottom. So it's very interesting. I mean, it's a horrible thing for young people to lose their idealism. Um, and and But then is it because, you know, it's even worse to go fighting for a, a, a false war and to lose your life, you know? And you know, we saw World War One where conscription was a, a thing. And, you know, you know millions, Millions, millions slaughtered, you know, yeah, slaughtered. Was, we, we saw that in Australia it was highly contentious. They didn't introduce it, but, yeah, there was almost a revolution. They don't want to talk about it. But um, uh, because, yes, it was people could see it wasn't popular. And I think now we're a little bit more sophisticated. But, yes, yeah, so I am a living testament to say, and it's this, you reap what you sow. Things like the Gulf War or the Iraq War, the prop, it's all very clever, and yes, George W. Bush got re-elected and Tony Blair got a re It's all very clever short-term, but you erode the confidence in the system. In, in fight. So in the, in the future, we are now reaping what Tony Blair and George Bush showed um, 20 years ago because people don't trust, we don't trust the Defence Force anymore. And it's, Britain, like Australia, has lost their soul um, from uh, bad things that they have done in their country's names. And this is what happens. People don't want to fight for the country anymore. And why would they? Exactly, okay, we're exactly. probably going to have to go to a break, because. but I've loved talking to you, obviously. I've gone over. And um, thank you so much, Gemma, for that good piece of I'm going to keep playing that because it's a fascinating. You've come out with some great facts. And um, particularly relevant to me as a former British uh, Army officer, so we are going to go to a break and we're going to come back with our first guest, who is very exciting, uh, Mystery Man. You're watching TNT. I am David McBride and I'm filling in for Dean Macken and it's TNT. TNT's Kate Shamarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs, what do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, chlorinated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shamarani on today's News Talk TNT. Hi. I'm your retirement fear, but don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Pre-tirement? Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Huh. Retirement savings options? Oh. <laughs> Potential tax breaks? Yep. 
I could build up savings for my side hustle. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Wait then. Welcome back to TNT. I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower. I'm filling in for Dean Mackin uh, in a very amateurish but humorous way. I hope you enjoy the show, but one, I can't stop smiling now because I've got one of my great friends. In fact, we almost did a uh, a newspaper piece about our uh, our bromance, and he is um, none other than uh, John Shipton, who is a, a legend in his own right, but is is often known these days to be Julian Assange's father and one of his key uh, campaigners. Uh, his dad, he's a dad fighting for his son, and it's a beautiful thing. And he's also a very good friend of mine and a raconteur and an absolute gentleman. Uh, welcome to the show, John. Thank, thanks, David. Good to catch up again, even if it's, uh, you know, mediated constantly. Yeah, it's not bad, though. The, the computers and pictures are getting better these days. It's almost like you're in the room a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's quite funny. Um, uh, you get to know people on screen these days and not meet them in real life, and then you suddenly re- meet them in real life and they're either very tall or very short, you didn't realise. So um, you've gone and got your tie on now. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're looking ready. pretty good, actually. I made a joke about you looking old. You actually look younger. You're getting um, uh, whatever you're doing. You're doing it. You're doing right. I I can't keep up with you. Have you been around the world again? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, um, but uh, tried to uh, you know settle in for the silly season into uh, catching up with friends. I remember reading years ago when I was interested in Buddhism, a question was put to the Buddha, what is the holy life? And uh, the answer from the Buddha was companionship is the holy life. And the student then said, well, what else is the holy life? And the Buddha replied, good companionship is all of the holy life. So I've spent the silly season catching up with uh, friends and acquaintances. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty deep, that isn't it? And it's, uh, I, I like it, and I like the way that the Buddha has to say, <laughs> has to say, look at it. <laughs> and it's true. It's true, though. It is true. We forget about that. And I, I saw some old uh, friends just the other day who uh, I knew um, from England, uh, mainly thirty years ago, is when we saw each other, when we used to hang out. Uh, we have seen each other for like a day at a time in, in the intervene, but not much. And I was reminded, I was just so happy to be in their company because they were so kind to me in the UK. There were some fantastic people over there. They treated me like a prince and I couldn't give them anything, you know. I was just a sort of traveller from Australia. And, uh, yes, it, it, reminded, it reminded me, um, I don't think I with people like that, you don't fear getting old. I, I'm happy to sit around with people that, yeah, that, that not not everybody's you click with, but there are certain people where, um, obviously, we have you know certain. Uh, going back to what the Buddha said, and and um, 
uh, and there's that uh, philosopher Alain de Botton talking about um, status anxiety and um, I, I think that it, we all have it, I certainly have it and have I done enough in life but I think that that really nothing, nothing makes it dissipate more uh, anxiety about have you done enough than being in the company of good friends and I don't yeah. think I would worry about uh, getting on with really good friends I don't mean people that smile and pat you on the back but people who kind of get you and people that I think my friends in the UK that they are like you because of your faults, not not in spite of your faults, you know, because of your faults. And that's that um when that suddenly occurred to me, it's a much deeper level of friendship. And you're a bit well, you know, it's a say it's a something which is is akin to um the parent child love in this fact that you are someone asked you, I remember, uh, about, you know, why you're doing this and dedicating your life to helping Julian and you said, um you know, he's my kid. He's my son. He's in the shit, and I'm gonna, you know, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll move heaven and earth and and keep going forever and ever, um, because that's what you do, and that's good friends are kind of like that. But um, you know, one of the great things about me being on trial and uh, is meeting you, and um, uh, yeah, we've we've got that kind, of, and it's because it's based on it's based on being warriors together and trudging that road, which of course nothing makes things uh, a stronger bond than that. Anyway, you do some talking. What's happening in the world? Well, just, uh, while we're still uh, on on the on the good companionship, I went down there uh, to the same place that you and I used to meet John Pilger and had a a cup of coffee uh, at the circular key and this, at that same table in the corner and uh, i took a little uh, video without me in it of course and, and sent it over to jane his uh, wife and to stella so just as a, a memorial to good companionship just when you said that i think i i think if i went back to that place um i almost had a tear in my eye actually there is something about that man and um, the times we had together, and the fact he loved that funny cafe. Uh, yeah, it just it just about brings a, 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 a tear to my eye. Um, that's a lovely thing to do. Yeah, I totally get that. I might have to make a pilgrimage. I probably will cry a bit. <laughs> uh, we'll all be going back to his secret cafe. Um, is it called uh, called what was it? Uh... First edition. First edition. edition. It's got all the newspapers, <laughs> all the newspapers sort of uh, yeah, stuff there. Very funny, and right with it is. It is terrific because with the boats coming in from the quay and uh, the, the ferries. I mean, and you can see their bows coming right up, and the pigeons, and you can hear the motors going. Yeah, it's a pretty funny. You can't get much. In fact, I did a test once, um, a sort of personality test long before I knew John, and it sort of said, um, imagine you're looking at something. I can't remember what you meant you're looking at. And then you turn around and there's water in front of you. Uh, what what does that water look like? And I was like, it was Sydney Harbour. But that that was exactly kind of their view from that. Um, yeah, 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 it was that's what I pictured. And they said that's your home. That's 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 what you consider home if you do that sort of test. And for me, it was like standing next to Pier Three at Circular Quay. <laughs> Not that I ever lived there, but still, it just for something about it is so Sydney and um, uh, 
So, yeah, that's very interesting, and that's how we, we, where we, we used to have our time with John. Anyway, we have to have an ad break now. Uh, you're watching uh, TNT. I'm David McBride filling in for Dean Macklin, Macken, and I have John Shipton as a guest, and we're going to talk some more uh, after this break. Thanks for watching TNT. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Here is the news. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump is one step closer to retaking the White House after winning New Hampshire's Republican primary in a landslide vote on Tuesday. Canada's top court has ruled the government broke the highest law in the land by invoking a national security law to crack down on protesters during the pandemic. And police have made a startling discovery in the US after finding a severed human head and other body parts stuffed inside a freezer in a New York City apartment. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to TNT. I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower, and I am filling in for Dean Mackin, and I have as a special guest Mr. John Shipton, Julian Assange's father, a campaigner, gentleman. Okay, John, you better do some talking now. Okay, well, just uh, can we uh, chat about uh, Pompeo and Morrison? I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'd love to. Somebody said uh, that they deserve each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Yeah, to imagine that, that that think tank. I know that'll that will be uh, Pompeo's Pompeo's uh, punishment. Will be have to be stuck in a room with Morrison for the next ten years. God, <laughs> see who kills who. And uh, uh, they're appointed to to some a job in uh, AUKUS, which <laughs> sounds uh, like one of those rewards for doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh, involved in uh, a series of court cases brought by Julian for his uh, uh, threatening to murder Julian and uh, starting off uh, the CIA's and uh, another group of people uh, spying on Julian. Uh, it's quite uh, uh, quite queer, really. Um, I would really like to know what uh, the government intends doing other than uh, maybe they want to start a, a branch of a, a Protestant evangelical society in AUKUS, <laughs> something absurd like that. But it really is uh, pretty disturbing. Oh, I think it's terrible. I mean, I, you know, and that maybe that will be the poetic justice that... Um... Uh, they eventually scrap AUKUS or they put it on hold or something and then Pompeo and uh, Morrison don't uh, have jobs anymore. But uh, but it'd be nicer if Pompeo got charged. Um, it, it shows you, uh, yeah, how, how out of control the United States is when they were talking about murdering Julian and uh, openly talking about it. And even Hillary Clinton was going to, you know, why can't we just drone him, you know? And uh, that's just the way they think. But the terrible, the really terrible thing is that they run Australia now and I think that that is a disgrace that we have given up our sovereignty and you know that's not an exaggeration or I can you can prove that funnily enough in the most perfect um, or 
or, or a despicable way by saying if the US doesn't run Australia and 90% of Australia wants Julian Assange free and, and, and even the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, seems to agree with that, uh, and he's not free, that can only mean the US completely controls us and they don't give a shit about what we think. Um, there can't be any other explanation for that. We're giving them money uh, to build their uh, submarine capability. We're going to man and we're giving them bases, which is worth more than money. We're giving them minerals. Um, and they, to me, it's, it's hard not to think that someone is being either bribed or blackmailed because it's such a one-sided deal. Um, and uh, so... When I'm feeling brightest, I think that uh, Julian's case, it's like the pebble in the foot of, the, of this this gargantuan uh, warrior uh, and uh, or the stone that's going to hit Goliath in the head because they can't break it and it um, it could be their downfall, you know, really. Um, I, I think the whole US, and they un and I think maybe they understand that, the whiteboard warriors in Washington, D.C., to say we will lose all respect around the world if we can't even get one man who has totally embarrassed us with the truth. So, um, but people power versus the US, and it seems to be going very well. Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. And you're, you've uh, uh, now been elevated to a... a an honourable place in in our society, and uh, equally uh, seen as a hero of the army, you know, bringing understanding and reform to the army. So, in both cases, but there's an interesting thing, uh, which uh, we can uh, begin a conversation, which you and I will have soon, is this: that the yasm class. It's the same as the Virginia class, okay, the Yasm class. Uh, it's slightly better in its uh, acoustic listening capability. So it's first-grade submarine nuclear power. It costs $780 million per unit. The Ruskies have built eight of them, $9 billion, all up for eight. We are paying... 358 billion for eight. It's got a, it has two elements. It has two elements. One element is that with those costs and you place yourself against the opponent, you can't win. It's impossible to win. The other thing is that those costs are so bizarre in that we have to pay $3 billion to renovate the shipyards uh, in the United Kingdom and $3 billion to expand the shipyards in the USA, that it has all the colour of corruption. It's just plain gruesome. Yeah, it has to be, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't need, if someone... Uh looking spivvy tried to sell you a, a broken-down Cadillac for a uh, million dollars, everyone in Australia would go, oh, no thanks. Uh, um, 
Thank you, but no thanks. But, but for some reason, we have a blind spot in, in defence because we are we are buying the equivalent of broken down uh, Cadillacs for a uh, million dollars, um, and simply because we're told, "Oh, China, China, China." You know, it, it, we've lost all our reason, or it's just plain corruption. People like Morrison are getting job. People, you know, it, make, it makes my skin crawl at Christopher Pine and. Joe Hockey also seem to be working on the, got their snouts in the trough of the of the AUKUS gravy uh, gravy boat, and um, it's hard, you know, whether it's the F thirty five, all these purchasing things, people get kickbacks after kickback, and uh, as you said, and then they come out with a straight face and say, "Oh, Australia needs this, um, well, otherwise we're all going to die." It's like, oh, that is ridiculous, and it just makes my skin crawl. And it's the same people that are making money out of this, you know, abomination, which is the, um, the the subs, that are trying to keep Julian in jail, trying to kill Julian. Uh, they're the same. We know it. In fact, Pompeo directly and, uh, you know, Scott Morrison, they um, they are the same, they are literally the same people. And, and guess what, you know, it's because they're corrupt and it's because they don't want people like Julian and myself, for that matter, exposing the truth about what actually goes on. Um, because no doubt, if you look through all the, the emails um, about the subs and about how, how much money that they actually cost to make and how much money we have to pay for them, um, and if WikiLeaks had done a job on them, you would see that it's corruption, that they we are buying them at 10 times what they're actually cost to make, and the Australian public is suffering. And they're probably, I think you'd find that there isn't any threat um, from the Chinese, and we're just being talked up. It's just as much rubbish as the Vietnam War. Oh, well, if we don't stop the communists in Vietnam, yeah, they're yeah, going to come to Australia. Yeah. It's not any better. Um, people think, oh, those were the bad old days. The Americans are not like that anymore, but they absolutely are still like that. Anyway... <laughs> I've done more talking, and I have another guest. Okay, there's something humorous, you know, that the ex-Secretary of State in the United States, uh, Mike Pompeo, they can't find a job for him in the United States. He published a biography in order to put himself in the queue for the presidential election. People, of course, are still laughing. Yeah, Mike Pompeo. Yeah, Mike Pompeo. He has no chance. He styles himself on some sort of a, a second-rate gangster, you know. He's sort of the his Italian ancestry, and he, yeah, I saw him doing a bit of a Scott Morrison at home, where they had people filming him cooking pasta at home, and uh, he was like acting like John Gotti. I mean, he's just a creepy guy. And yeah, why would you want him anyway? I think I've got to throw you off because I've got uh, another good guy on who's okay. a, a big fan of. of uh, uh, truth and justice, and I think has helped Julian, um, George Christensen. And I am, uh, I'm, well, first we're going to have to go to a break, and um, and then we're going to come back with George Christensen. So you are watching David McBride on TNT, filling in for Dean Mackin. Let's have a break. You're watching TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. So I've got to ask myself, who am I going to believe? 
what I'm being told or my lying eyes. Of course, we had the big Tonga volcano go off a couple of years ago, and it actually blew a lot of water vapor into the air. But there's a whole bunch of volcanoes underwater in the Ring of Fire, which is to the east of Australia. Over the last month, there has been a phenomenal warming of the ocean temperatures to the east of Australia. This cannot be because of CO2. It can't be because of solar cycles. What could possibly be causing that to happen? This is so extreme because we're supposed to be in an El Nino, and in El Nino seasons, the water is supposed to be cold to the east of Australia. And yet we see this rapid warming. Now, I've become a bit of an outcast because of my stance on underwater volcanic activity. I've joined a merry group of people who seem to think the same as me, but nobody wants to give us a time of the day. In any case, if you take a look at what's actually going on, you have to ask yourself, well, if it isn't CO2, if it isn't the sun, what is it? This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost. The International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. You are about to, about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Welcome back to TNT. I'm Major David McBride, military whistleblower, and I'm filling in for Dean Mackin. And we have a very special guest. Makes me a bit nervous. Um, Mr. Uh, I guess he's Mr. George Christensen now. I don't need to give much of an introduction to TNT viewers. Everybody will know. He was a Nationals MP for 12 years, and uh, he uh, has been a freedom fighter. He is a Christian. He's unashamedly that, and he is uh, generally a very good person. And um, I've got a few uh, I've had a few inside tips from people that have worked with George, and they have said he has done some incredible things behind the scenes for two pet causes of mine. The Banking Royal Commission, my friend Jeff Morris was on it yesterday, said it would not have happened without George Christensen standing up. Didn't get any credit for that in the mainstream media, of course. And also we just had John Shipton, and if anyone who just tuned in to see John Shipton, Julian Assange's dad, he said, say hello to George. Uh, George has helped us and he's a great guy. So if you're not already totally familiar with George, you might not have known those facts. Um, he is a bit of an unsung hero and doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves, not that he wants that, but uh, he's more interested in uh, the truth and justice. Welcome to the show, George. Well, thanks very much. And without turning it into a mutual admiration society, David, uh, 
you know, uh, you're you're actually one of the uh, national heroes for what you did uh, in uh, in whistleblowing, and um, you know, more power to you. We need more people that uh, actually stand up to authority, expose lies, and expose cover-ups. Uh, you know, and if we uh, if we had that, maybe we'd have honest government for once in a while. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. You can't. That's what we get taught at school. Uh, and, and you and I believe that it was it was right, and and you meant to you meant to do exactly what you did in Parliament. Actually, is is take every issue as you hear it, um, try to do uh, stick with your moral compass and your ethics. And um, um, I was appalled that you were uh, sort of uh, pilloried by the mainstream media at times, uh, totally unfairly in sort of this ooh ah way, and yet. And the the terrible irony, in a way, is that you're one of the very few people who actually stood for something, <laughs> trying to do something good. Yeah, and totally without any uh, uh, propaganda. Jeff Jeff Morris surprised me when he told me a few years ago. He said George yeah, it was one of the people that that got the banking royal commission to happen because I when I first heard of Jeff Morris, I saw him on TV, and. Um, he was just a whistleblower, and I, I recognised the kindred spirit. And he mm. was saying it's not about, same as me, of course, the media didn't want to play He was saying it's not about the people at the bottom of the bank. It's not really about the financial planners. It's about uh, the chairmans and how they are really, whether they say it or not directly, they are mm. rewarding uh, bad conduct um, and uh they are the people that should be hauled up. Anyway, I saw him kind of saying with this again, it, it fell on deaf ears, but I recognized in him the same thing I was saying about the defense force to say it's not really the people at the bottom. Um, yeah. some of their behavior is as a result of people at the top, but we really need to look at people at the top. And um, and I thought, but I did think there's no way he's going to get a royal commission up, no way. And I said to him years later, I said, How the hell did you do it? And he said, George <laughs> said George Chris said, Well, not just you, but. He said you were absolutely pivotal, and so I will never forget that because that was a huge crack in the damn wall. Uh, that royal commission. Now, obviously, it didn't. It didn't necessarily have it. It didn't change, you know, corruption in the banking system, but it did give people a scare. It did. It did give us hope to say it can be looked into. You know, good things can happen. So, yeah. you it know. Showed the banks weren't uh, weren't completely untouchable, and I think up until that point they thought that they were. Um, you know, uh, I can remember that vividly that uh, that that uh, epoch in time uh, where we basically, um, you know, I was keeping my powder dry for a while, David, and the media was sort of saying that, uh, oh, he's he's squibbing, he's not going to uh, cross the floor on this issue like he says. But the problem was that every single uh, motion that was being put before the parliament on this banking royal commission would have achieved nothing. And you only have so much what they call political capital in the game to burn before you get burnt yourself. Uh, so I kept my powder dry until we had something concrete that would force the government to do something. And, uh, you know, I was hoping that it would eventuate at other people's hands. And indeed, uh, Bob Catter uh, decided that he was going to put forward a bill to set up a commission of inquiry, which the parliament can actually do, which has exactly the same powers as a royal commission. 
Now, the government could have thwarted that by, uh, if the bill was passed, which it would have been, uh, by simply not funding it, uh, because that's the government's prerogative. Um, but it would have been, uh, it would have been a very, very bad look. So we had a bill. Uh, I announced, well, that's it. This is the time I'm going to cross the floor and vote for this. And then the dam burst, and about uh, three other people, including uh, Lou O'Brien, um, who was a fellow Nationals MP, still in Parliament, member for Wide Bay, he decided that he was going to cross the floor. And I've got to say, they knew they couldn't strong-arm me that much, but they did try to strong-arm him. So that was the, the power of the banking sector in that place. They wanted to be untouchable. And, uh, you know, he was threatened with all kinds of things like getting infrastructure funding pulled out of his electorate if he did this. So uh, it just shows the power of that place, of, of the banking sector in Canberra. It's funny, yeah, we grow up watching movies about the mafia and, and, and they all wear black suits or whatever, but the older you get, you realise that things like the banking sector, a big farmer and uh, some of the, they are really just like organised crime. Yeah, they, they yeah. go around and make someone an offer and they can't refuse, like you will do this or some very bad things are going to happen to you. Um, so uh, now tell me about, um, I can't pronounce the name, Janet, Osabard, I think. Yeah, well, it's interesting you've just spoken to John Shipton because uh, he is one journalist who tried to expose the truth, who did expose the truth, and um, found himself locked up in uh, in jail for it, and that's Julian Assange, of course, and, you know, he could be uh, seeing further jail time if the USA get their way, um, or if, I should say, if certain elements within the US get their way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that we're more and more seeing now uh people from different sides of the aisle uh, in politics come together and say that this enough is enough, you know, uh, uh, we're supposed to be the standard bearer for free speech and, uh, you know, how are we doing this and still being that standard bearer. So the moment may be coming that he is freed. But uh, for Janet Osabard, she was a citizen journalist. Uh, she um, came from uh, Holland. She published a documentary series, uh, Amateur production called the fall of the cabal i'm not saying that in the pejorative way it was just not a not a, a slick uh, production it was just about getting the facts uh about um the globalist elite and she particularly looked into child sex crimes associated with the globalist elite and uh, you know as soon as you start talking that there's a lot of eyes that roll because the mainstream media like to say oh this is just another conspiracy theory you know something that uh you know you, you go down the rabbit hole and lose your mind over but the fact is that actually she pulled out quite a number of, of different proof points um, to, to back up what she was saying. Now, uh, she's not behind bars. She, she's dead. Um, she, she mysteriously committed suicide when those who knew her, those who were close to her, uh, family and friends, um, said that there's no way that uh, she would have done that. Now, we can speculate. We can only speculate when someone dies in mysterious circumstances doing something that, um, you know, most people would think is completely against their personality to do. We've seen it many times. I mean, we've seen, obviously, the famous one, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, you know, there's a slogan about that. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, I'm sure that's the case, actually, and that others didn't want him speaking, as we can see from documents that have been released uh, recently. But even... Uh, more people, um, I can think of uh, McAfee, uh, the, the famous antivirus uh, software inventor. Um, you know, he actually recorded uh, uh, video footage and put up posts saying that, you know, if I commit suicide, it, it, it 
it won't be suicide, folks. I'm not going to commit it. And yet, apparently, he committed suicide. Uh, the same was for uh, a crypto uh, a, a crypto developer by the name, I think, of Meshigian. Uh, I'm just not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Come from Eastern Europe. Um, he also posted these cryptic things on Twitter about uh, coming across information regarding a child sex ring uh, operating in the Caribbean with links to the CIA and Mossad. Now, there was no evidence. I'm not suggesting that that was true. I'm just stating that he posted this and then wound up dead on a beach about a week later um, in the Caribbean. I mean, that, that's all of that's very strange. And to think that we know, we know, David, that regimes, um, North Korea, China, uh, other regimes which we're not supposed to like, uh, you know, they have offed their political opponents. Um, now, why do we think that this would be something that is not happening and doesn't happen whatsoever in the West? I'm not sure about that. Uh, no, I no, I can tell you for someone that used to work in the system, I can tell you that it, I, I wouldn't, uh, without talking about any particular case, to say that the security services feel well, they can legally do that. They think that they can do that. Well, they, they have. They actually have the power under the, under our act. So, yeah, the idea that it's completely ridiculous is is ridiculous, because they have the power. Well, we have the power. I've seen it. We have the power to do that. Um, and I think what you, it's interesting what you say about the proof points, because that's one of the frustration things I have. We we live in this world where oh, it's all froth and bubble. But sometimes if you have a whiteboard and you have, you know, you can actually prove thing and, you know, literally doesn't leave it up to speculation because there is a certain amount of, um, it is hard to make people, because some things are so terrible. Yeah, people just think, oh, that, you know, that couldn't be true. But if you actually do sit down um, and, and take sort of things through and say, we know this to be true. We know this to be true. Yeah, you can actually put together. And what all I say is to people is don't rule it out. And for our yeah. viewers, the great thing about the, this TNT and you being on him is I say to the viewers, look look up this Janet um, Osabart and, and see for yourself. Have a look at what she was saying. Uh, that's the least we can do for her. We don't know what happened. I'm not saying that she was murdered. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. But um, there, what have people got to fear by having a look into what she had to say, maybe, and with an open mind? Because uh, if, you know, this is, we went into the, you know, invaded Iraq in 2003 on the idea that if they had weapons of mass destruction, uh, you know, we needed to get rid of them in case they blew up London or whatever. Now that turned out not to be true. But just say if that, that was not completely fallacious reasoning if someone has got something. So I would say the same with this case. We need to find out. Well, we need, it'd be worthwhile finding out. So viewers, have a look. Have a look. Make up your own mind. I'm not trying to tell you one thing, but I, I, I think the least we can do is to look into these things yeah. because if it is true, uh, we need to know, you know, and um, because uh, uh, the mind boggles. And I, I if you it won't surprise you, but I can tell the viewers that it don't don't rule anything out. I've seen enough of what the security services are capable of, and to protect their own position and protect various things. I wouldn't you you can't rule murder out, and you and you can't rule that the even worse thing out. It could be happening. I'm not saying it is, but don't don't think it wouldn't happen just because it's bad. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> and um, but uh, and good on you for being Christian. And uh, and pray, I'm a prayer myself uh, to sort of a god of my own understanding. But I certainly I'm not a uh, not that I want to make a big deal about it, but it's it is nice to people of faith, you know, do stuff, good stuff, um, and I think it's something to be proud of. So anyway, and I want to say, behalf of, of people of Australia, thank you, George, for being here uh, yourself, you, and you keep it up. Thank you very much. I'm and sure uh, you will. God bless you. <laughs> okay, thank you.